Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. I sound like you now, <laughs> instead of like I'm in a hole. <laughs> That's right. All right, well, let's start again. Right. And uh, so we're sitting in North Carolina right now, near the border of Virginia, in a kitchen mm-hmm. with... This, fa- well, <laughs> Meredith Bernard. <laughs> I don't know who I am. This farm um, wife. <laughs> this farm wife. That's right. You um, are this farm wife on YouTube and Instagram mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have a very large farming ag community following. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I definitely I draw in some more non-farmers probably on my YouTube channel, but it's still the majority farming or mm-hmm. or... Or people that have at least been exposed to or had farming in their past or history and enjoy following along. What about, do you know the percentage of people on there that hunt? No, I really don't. I know, I mean, I know some people do. And I I don't talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. on my channel. Um, Do you get a bunch of hate when you put something up about hunting? I put up something last year about this time <laughs> when I went when, when we had when dove season mm-hmm, came in, mm-hmm. and I I didn't have a ton of negative comments, but there was enough for me to say hmm, maybe that's not something yeah, <laughs> I need course. to talk about a lot. But yeah. then again, I think this will be a good opportunity to to share 
um, kind of my thoughts and feelings about hunting and why it is important to our family and it's something we do and we're proud to do and I'm proud that my children are, are growing sure. up doing so. And that's why we're here, right? You have yeah. a, you're a non-hunter. Right. And you have a perspective on hunting that's shaped by the people in your life mm-hmm. as well as the farm life and the responsibility mm-hmm. of life and ethics tied to mm-hmm. kids being outdoors and learning responsibility of gun safety, of yeah. wildlife populations, conservation, whatnot. And mm-hmm. that perspective to us as a hunting community, to us as a project, is probably more valuable than a hunter telling a non-hunting <laughs> community why hunting is okay. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes it's... it's uh it helps to hear it from a different perspective, um, and hopefully that'll have some merit. <laughs> oh, no, it certainly uh-huh. has merit. And what you said last night, we filmed your non-hunter perspective last night, and then you mm-hmm. fed, promptly fed us <laughs> steaks with butter. That's yes. what you're known for. <laughs> and Jesse, the cameraman, specialty. demolished two T-bones. Two T-bones. Yep. That was impressive. We <laughs> offered him the scraps as well, but he refused <laughs> yeah, to eat the scraps. <laughs> So we're sitting here in the kitchen in which we uh, ate that supper last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I really want to just say thank you to you for you know being forthright in allowing us to do this. Because <coughs> a lot of people would look at, say, for instance, your community. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're making money from it. And mm-hmm. it, it's part of now your business. Right. And yeah. you would be completely okay saying to me Robbie I love what you're doing I think it's important but I'm not getting involved Mm. yeah yeah I could have said that I'm glad I didn't (laughs) I I think what you're doing is important and I love the way after I saw some of your videos and how you go about sharing your stories the two of y'all working together do an amazing job of truly putting it out there as a story and making mm-hmm. it, you know, relatable mm-hmm. and sharing all facets mm-hmm. of hunters. And I, you know, I watched some of your other videos with some other women and that, you know, everybody does things different. Correct. And that's what I love. And that's what I love about storytelling too, is not only the differences, but finding the commonalities because I just think everybody's story kind of relates in some way. Oh no, there's the definitely a share. connected thread between <laughs> yeah. everyone's story. I think so. That's what I love about storytelling. I mean, I consider myself a storyteller, too. Mm -hmm. So what elements, one of the things we touched on yesterday was this idea of perceptions, Mm -hmm. misconceptions, and how agriculture and hunting really, (laughs) we're in the same boat. There is these conceptions, uh, these perceptions and misconceptions around agriculture, Mm -hmm. and there's perceptions and misconceptions around hunting, and that's essentially what this whole project is about, is changing those perceptions changing the misconceptions Mm -hmm. and essentially that's what you're doing too you're saying this is what farm life is like yeah exactly this is what it's actually like (laughs) and this is this is how important you know our cows really are and this is how we treat them on a daily basis and this is how we raise them and this is actually where your meat is coming from it doesn't just come from the grocery store exactly. freezer section or refrigerator section like exactly. it, it starts somewhere and this is where some of it starts and there's you know this is just one one small family farm but amplified this is where your your food comes from and that's what i love 
about sharing and now that it's getting a larger audience and, and hearing feedback from people, thank you for showing this either. Thank you from the perspective of somebody else that does this and, you know, they want people to know or more often than not, it's people that say, I just never really considered how much work goes into the food that's, you know, eventually ends up in the grocery store and on mm-hmm. our table. And it just kind of, it makes it more personal, I think. Mm-hmm. And people realize there's, you know, there's people behind their food. It's not all this, you know, these perceptions of big factory farms mm-hmm. or whatever that is. That's just not really reality. How um, often do you get people commenting or saying something like, wow, I never realized Oh, every time I post a video, yeah, multiple people say that, and um, they just, a lot of times, too, they say they feel like following our family along is, <laughs> they they say it's kind of soothing, or they, which is, like, always something going on here on the farm, like, we're, like, living this chaotic life, sometimes it feels like from just, you know, jumping from one thing to the other, but they say they just, it's calming, and I feel like it's a, you know, it's a great place to be able to come in and sit down and and see what we're up to and and it's a safe place for them to set their kids in front of the TV and and watch and learn and I love that. I love being able to expose people to this lifestyle mm-hmm. that maybe have never been exposed to it before. So. And that lifestyle is actually there are connections to hunting all throughout your day, all throughout the different seasons, right? Your kids hunt. Right. My kids hunt, especially my son. My daughter's really wanting to get into it more this year. Um, yeah, he's 12 now. He's been hunting since he was six. He's killed turkey. He's killed deer. He's, he's, um, he's coyote. done <laughs> coyote. He just got his first coyote, and mm-hmm. that, that was a big deal. Um, coyote around here are just more and more plentiful in that is a threat to our baby calves. So you're completely okay with predator control? Yes, yes. We appreciate that. And we do, I mean, that's why my husband, he's often seen in videos with a sidearm on or his rifle and his tractor. And some people are like, why does he need that? Well, because ca- you can't kill something if you don't have it <laughs> with you. And I mean, that's typically, I and mean, that's the biggest reason he carries all the time is in case sees a coyote because coyote are not welcome here they are predators and there's there's really nothing else in the area that controls their population you know another animal in the ecosystem around here that's going to actually help control their population and then they they can breed with wild dogs and then we get these koi dogs and those can be really bad and Mm -hmm. packed together too so that helps helps protect our calves and like i said too it also helps protect fawns and you know we do we do our best to to keep the wildlife all the wild wildlife on our farm healthy and thriving and um controlled to an extent as well because we do raise some crops and deer can be vicious on soybeans (laughs) and corn too we always plant a little extra on the edges and we plant bird plots and for for quail, we're starting to see a little more quail come back, That's and awesome. they were almost compl- I mean, you just never saw mm-hmm. them. We've seen more this year than we have in years, so that's exciting. So you have a deer club. There's yes. a hunting lease Hunt. on your property. That's right. Yeah, we we lease the land to a group of ten to twelve hunters, and that 
that helps in several ways. It helps pay our taxes on the land, and it helps with that control, that population control. And um, they're just a really good group of guys. There's, we talked about this as well. There's understood and um, stated and non-stated <laughs> rules. You know, they're they're very ethical. Everything's done ethically and legally here. And I'm not paying you to say this, right? No, you're n- no, you're not. <laughs> No, I got beef jerky. That's right. <laughs> wow, that's a great payment right there. <laughs> it works. And a t-shirt. No, it works. Um, just to being able to get my voice out there and share our story is payment enough. But uh, yeah, that group of guys has been really beneficial. And I mean, they're more like family now than anything, too. And it, it just is nice having them out and about on the farm different times of year, whether mm-hmm. it's because, I mean, there's different seasons. They're here. Mm-hmm. In the spring, turkey hunting, and then they're here in the summer, kind of, you know, they do, uh, they go around and they have work days where they come up and help, you know, with fallen trees and, and then their eyes on the farm, because we have a, a sizable amount of land, and they help keep eyes on things and let us know if, if fences are down or cows are out or they're seeing something, you know, that needs attention that maybe we've missed. So it's really been a really good relationship good thing for us so i want to get a little bit into the perceptions mm-hmm. especially around hunting okay and the perceptions of of hunting to a non-hunter mm-hmm. and they obviously are going to be formed by what you see how you interact with hunters what mm-hmm. interactions you've had with hunters what mm-hmm. negative or positive interactions you've had mm-hmm. so your hunters that you interact with they shoot anything that walks right (laughs) wrong (laughs) no no that's not allowed there's definitely uh there's size limits there's there's limits on does and there's limits on bucks of course that's you know that's state that's law Mm -hmm. um but you know there's there's stipulations within the hunting uh, club rules because they have a full set of rules that bylaws that they follow and as far as size and and letting little bucks walk and get bigger and you know um, I mean we'd love for them to to shoot as many does as they're allowed legally and um, especially you know if they're older they just need to right need to be harvested yeah yeah <laughs> and so the the deer that they do harvest mm-hmm. they just shoot them leave them in the field the mm-hmm. bucks they cut the head off and they leave everything mm. in the field right no not at all <laughs> and those people that do that there's that's been known to happen around here not with our guys but that is very much frowned upon that kind of thing no night hunting nothing illegal like that no spotlighting and would and you hunting. call that hunting no i wouldn't call that poaching Right. Right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, not cool. No, they they everything is taken out and and um, you know cleaned and gutted and um, I mean they all eat the meat. A lot of the hunters, that's like what they have in their freezer. Some of them buy some beef from us too, but the majority of them eat eat their venison all year long and. We do some of that, too. Mm-hmm. We eat some, too. We don't... My husband doesn't hunt as much as he did growing up, but now that my son's into it, of course, when when he gets one, that's that's one thing that I love is the pride he has in what he's done and being able to 
cook and prepare that meat for our family and put it on the table and see the pride he has mm-hmm. and knowing that he actually provided supper for his family. Yeah. That's, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and I'm, you can see it beaming in his, uh, his eyes, I right? I know, yeah. And I'm, I've learned. I've never had never eaten rabbit or squirrel, but I've now cooked it and fried it and it's good stuff <laughs> so that's so interesting people <laughs> obviously can hear your accent and you're from the south and yeah i am born and raised in, in north, north carolina, carolina. Mm-hmm. and you're you don't hunt no i don't hunt and i i i grew up in a family that hunting was um definitely not frowned upon my dad just it wasn't something that he did we mm-hmm. had close family friends and family that hunted and would take my brother hunting some and my granddad only had one granddad living when after I was born but he had done a lot of hunting in the past but by the time I came along he was older and he didn't do that anymore so there was just stories about it you know but so I never had a negative perception of hunting it was I mean I, I guess in some ways I was probably just kind of indifferent to mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. I mean no we siblings would that hunted just, I did have a younger brother, and he hunted some. Okay. He, um, and I remember it was more. He spent a lot of time in the in an old deer blind. It was called Sam's Place, and it, it was kind of a neat thing near our house. And he spent time there and did that. But I don't remember him ever actually, you know, killing very many. And mm. we would eat some venison that we got from our neighbor and cook it and loved it. But yeah, it just wasn't a big part of my growing up. Yeah, it's fan- it's fascinating that there's, you know, people have, again, perceptions mm-hmm. around people in the South, redneck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have well. to be a hunter. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's plenty of those. <laughs> I mean, I can. St- we're pretty redneck in some ways. I mean, I, we're sitting here looking at a mattress on my porch. That's <laughs> very true. Very true. We tried to keep that out of the shot last <laughs> night, yeah. I didn't get taken off. <laughs> We've been changing things up here. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess we don't all fit into that 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 mold. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the key is that there's generalizations and generalizations occur in hunting that there's this mold, there's this Hollywood sort of Hollywoodified version mm. of what a hunter's supposed to be, mm-hmm. redneck, shoots everything, mm-hmm. leaves deer wanting sort of wanting in the field, just cuts off the head spotlighting right those are all things that are monikered with a hunter mm-hmm. and it's all of those things are wrong right um but it's this, it's the same situation you're in right it's a moniker of what a farmer's supposed to be exactly you know, he's a polluter of the environment he's right. doesn't take care of the land he you know he just he raises cows and he makes a bunch of money right <laughs> yeah that's so laughable <laughs> as a farmer and a rancher because all of that is not true right down to the a lot of money <laughs> it's yeah. a it's a lot of work and everything that we do here centers around the health and the well-being and the welfare of the animals we raise the, our animals come before us every day I mean they get fed and they get taken care of and there's not a day off and um you know, everything revolves around their their health and well-being. And we do, I mean, we take a lot of pride in raising healthy cattle that's going to be nutritious for anyone that eats it. And that includes ourselves. I mean, we eat our own beef as well. So, you know, it's not in our, it's not in our advantage to, to not 
do the very best we can mm-hmm. by our cattle. And I don't, that's why I don't understand sometimes that people would think like a farmer and a rancher, it's in their best interest to keep their animals best interest at heart and to do, you know, to treat them mm-hmm. correctly and treat the sick and, and keep them healthy and fed and watered and fresh water. And we do that. We fenced out our streams a few years ago. Water, we did a whole conservation program and had new waters installed. So there's, you know, there's frost freeze. They don't freeze waters that are out there for all the cattle. And, um, I mean, like I said, too, that helps. That's there for wildlife, too. So it's really, they all just kind of, it all really marries together. You talked about yesterday that farming wasn't wasn't about living it wasn't a it's not a uh we don't yeah we don't necessarily it's not about making a living it's making a life that's what my husband always says Mm -hmm. says we a lot of days it doesn't feel like (laughs) it seems like we're making a living we're just scraping by but it's more of a life and a lifestyle and that's um that's really what's beautiful about it and I, i say beautiful i think a lot of times too farming can be kind of and ranching, yes, romanticized, and you you know when you see it in a movie or <laughs> read some novel about it or whatever, people have this grandiose idea. And yes, there are like those glimpses and those moments mm-hmm. that can be that way. But you know, ninety five percent of the time, it's just a whole lot of hard work and sweat mm-hmm. equity and mm-hmm. blood, sweat, and tears and <laughs> prayer and faith, a lot of faith, and uh, you know, just perseverance and because it's always something for us it is anyway i think a lot of farmers feel that way are always battling something usually weather or equipment yeah or help (laughs) yeah yesterday you we talked about obviously you weren't raised a a hunter but you're also not raised a farmer no that's right and we (laughs) talked about farming you mentioned that farming is in your blood. And then you corrected yourself and you go, no, 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 it's not in my blood. <laughs> but I said, no, I think that farming is actually in your blood. And it's quite a tie into obviously one of our lines and our project is it's in the blood. Mm. You yeah. know, it's that thing that's a part of you, whether, whether or not genetically, mm-hmm. now genetically, I think the same as hunting. Genetically, we all came from hunting. That's right. Genetically, we also all came from gathering. Right. That's and right. Yeah. Probably some sort of, and then when the agricultural revolution occurred and, mm-hmm. you know, making crops and farming and tilling the land and making mm-hmm. something off the land, that's that's part of everyone. That's why we're here today. Right. Um, that's right. So that, that, those two things, you know, definitely marry together. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, people like you, for instance, non-hunter can become a hunter. Right. And hunting, even then would would be in your blood mm, yeah but it not dna genetically it came from my father or my grandfather you're just a late adult onset hunter right you're essentially a late adult onset farmer yes I <laughs> that's what i am yeah because i did i was ma- i married into farming and uh i did have a grandfather my grandfather was a potato farmer mm-hmm. but by the time i came along the farm was no more so i you know I guess it's there is a piece of that of <laughs> literally in my blood, but I was not exposed to that lifestyle at all growing up, and uh, it's just kind of funny. And I think some people, even you know, some of my family just can't believe how I've kind of just like 
you know, moved right into this and really taken it by the horns. And, well, that was a pun, but it was a pretty good one. <laughs> I like puns. Um, anyway, I digress. I'm chasing squirrels. But how I just kind of uh, really dove into it. And, and then I quit my corporate job six years ago. And so when I came home and uh, started working day to day, you know, truly right beside my husband, um, the things that I've learned and the things that I'm doing, I never, never dreamed I'd have my mm-hmm. own big tractor and be dragging a big rake around to a day and helping feed and, and really trying to learn the ins and outs. Um, and I want to, I mean, I want to, and he's willing to teach me and, um, and hopefully the kids seeing that and being involved in that too, will. You know, they're learning. I know they're learning. They're learning things every mm-hmm. day, and that's another thing I love about this Well, that's the lifestyle. meaning, right? Yep. The meaning and the why mm-hmm. behind what you do every day. Yep. The next generation. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it going. And, uh, and that being said, we'll never, I mean, we don't have this thing where we tell our kids, you, you know, you have to stay here. You have to keep the farm going if they choose to. That will be awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to leave. Mm-hmm. But if they choose not to, that's fine too. We want, you know, of course, I want we want our kids to to do what God put them here to do, whatever that is. But I do believe that the lessons they're learning here are lessons that they'll be able to take with them, whatever they do, wherever they go in life, and hopefully um, be for the better. I think so. No, I agree. There's, you know, just. Growing up out here, growing up in the outdoors, mm-hmm. being really exposed to anything, right? Yeah, lots they of exposure. That's what their preschool teacher told me too. You can tell they've been exposed to a lot. They would say things, you know, about the animals and things. It was, see, I was like, yeah, but I don't regret that. But how awesome to be exposed to the responsibility of life and, mm-hmm. <coughs> like we talked about yesterday, the circle of life. Yeah, truly the circle of life, and that's what they see. We see it from. From babies, we're getting ready to start calving in October, and that's really my favorite time of year. So we'll have calves sitting in the ground, but inevitably there's, you know, there's problems, there's issues. Like, you know, we'll end up with a bottle calf. Mama won't make it or mama won't take it or whatever. And then there's that responsibility, and they're out there feeding the bottle calf two to three times a day. And um, and then we recently, we had an old milk cow that we had as a nurse cow, and uh she had gotten really old, but we just, she was one of the exceptions that we said we'd get to stay here, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> live her whole life because she'd been really good mm-hmm. to us. So we fed her and kept her, kept her going. And, and she recently passed. And I think I had a harder time <laughs> with that than even the kids just, yeah. I mean, it does hurt. Like it always hurts to lose an animal. So talk about that sadness because that, <laughs> that sadness is also inherent to hunting. That right. when we pull the trigger... Yeah. There is an inherent sadness to what you've just done. Yeah. Okay. That I, I'm kind of interested to hear more about that too. I've, I think as somebody who I truly support hunting, I have no problem with it, but that's part of my, I don't know that I could mm-hmm. actually pull a trigger mm-hmm. on a deer. Now I, I can shoot a dove. <laughs> I did that, but there's something about, I don't know. I don't know that I could. And Do you think that that is because of Bambi? Mm. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about Bambi, but just, just the idea of 
taken alive. But you're okay <laughs> knowing, and, okay. I, I'm, and I'm purposely yeah. poking here, right? Yeah. You're okay knowing that a beef cow left your facility mm. and went and got killed mm. and then ends up as meat on the plate. Yeah, I am. And I'm not going to say that doesn't always bother me either. Mm. There's always, I mean, it is when we load them on the trailer and we take them and unload them or they leave, mm -hmm. especially, especially if there's some that I've actually gotten kind of attached to. Of try not to name them, but sometimes we do. <laughs> there's yeah. favorites. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But yeah, it's just something I realized that this is, you know, you just have to, I find a way to separate it. Of course. It's it's well. It's part of the provides, life cycle. Yeah, it is. That's why they're being raised. We know that we've done our best with them while they were here. We, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what provides for our family. Mm -hmm. So when I look at it like that, mm -hmm. and I guess yeah, if I turn that around, mm -hmm. it's much the same for a hunter. Mm -hmm. Well, it yeah. is because I think my grandfather he he wrote it down and he, he never said it to me because I never got to experience hunting with him, but. Mm -hmm. He said that if you didn't experience sadness, mm. and there'll be a lot of people listening to this and go, well, I've never experienced sadness. And, and I'd, I'd question that because I think you have. Mm -hmm. Even maybe for a fraction of a second, mm -hmm. as you walk up to the animal, you know, or mm -hmm. you've had a shot and that animal, you know, maybe your shot was wrong. And that happens also, let's be honest. Sure. Sometimes sure. shooting goes wrong right. and you have to do a follow-up shot. And in right. that moment of that animal mm. kicking... Mm -hmm. that 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 hits you somewhere inside and you know the mm -hmm. vegans will talk about that being your your moral fiber your moral ethic and i agree that that is that is your moral fiber that is your moral ethic mm. but in our sense we know that what we're trying to do one we have we want to be as ethical as possible in in the taking of that life because we understand the responsibility of what we're doing right um but it's it goes there's multi facets behind that act and and you may be as a hunter may not be purposely you may not be purposely shooting that doe for management mm -hmm. you may be mm -hmm. you may not be purposely shooting that doe for meat right you may Maybe. be mm -hmm. but there's no nobody's going out there or very very few people are going out there and putting wanton slaughter right to wildlife and because that's not happening mm-hmm there is no inherent, um, the way that I see it, there's no inherent joy mm -hmm. in the act of killing. Right. And so there's rather, when you pull that trigger, you're elated because you, you've accomplished this thing that is that is hunting. And, and don't get me wrong, the finality of hunting mm -hmm. is killing something. Right. And that's, that's the, the crux of where... Every single rhetoric, every single perception, every single misconception falls right there. Mm. Yeah. In that we are taking life. Right. Yeah. But it's the understanding of why mm -hmm. that act occurs. Mm -hmm. And also being, and, and then we are not very good at showing the respect, the gratitude, the sadness mm -hmm. of the act. Right. Rather we... Uh, what 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 in our industry has has we have this thing called the trophy shot, right, 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 that's what which I was is the thinking. celebration, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's no, p there, there's nothing wrong with the celebration. There's nothing wrong with the trophy shot, mm -hmm. except when somebody like you, like a non-hunter, looks at it and goes, "Why are they smiling behind killing something?" Right, 
Right. Yeah. Instead, if you had given the whole story. Right. Exactly. What happened? The storytelling aspect of it, just mm -hmm. like you're doing for farm life. Right. Storytelling aspect of this is what happened. Mm -hmm. This is the result. Mm -hmm. Here's the meat on our plate. Mm -hmm. Here's the management objective in terms of the habitats. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that we tend to forget because... It's not shared. It's not shared. Well, <laughs> it's not the, the, those stories are not being shared. That's right. Right, right. But you are. You're doing We're a good job to. of that. We're yeah. trying to. We can We're only to. We can only do what we can do. Exactly. But it's a good start. Well, we appreciate you allowing us to be here. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for being here. We really enjoyed it. My little girl said, y'all have to come back. <laughs> she said, Mama, they have to come back. Yep. They're my new favorite people. Well, she told awesome. me that. That's so. awesome. We love that. I agree. <laughs> we love that. Any uh, final words for anything associated with what we've talked about? I don't know. I just, other than uh, kind of the one thing I always try to share is just the fact that our stories do matter i just feel like everybody's stories matter whatever that is whatever you're doing in life whatever you're doing and especially we'll you know push that out to the hunters and the farmers to share your story because um there's a lot of people out there that want to share it for us and they don't want to do it in a correct truthful or positive way so i think the more of us that are out there telling our stories authentically mm -hmm. and um and and wisely, you know, it's it's just what we need more of that, and realizing that we really all do have more in common than we realize, exactly. and we're we're all better together. It's another saying I like to I throw like out it. there. So I like it better together. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Meredith. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.